The Education Channel supports individual educational goals and encourages creativity for all. Visit uctv.tv slash education. My name is uh, Oscar Vasquez. I am uh, from Mexico. I was born in Mexico City. And when I was a kid, uh, my family moved to Chiapas, which is what I call home. I think for me, Chiapas is my, is my home state. And for those of you who don't know, Chiapas is all the way in the south of Mexico, in the border with Central America. And that's how I, why I always feel like a connection with the Mayan uh, civilization, with the Mayan history. You know, I don't have any proof, but I always like to dream that I'm a descendant of the Mayans. And because of their connection with the astronomy and the sciences, that was one of the first things that why I was thinking, oh, I should be also a good mathematician, a good mathematician like Mayans. So uh, I was fortunate to have uh, a family that always cared about education. So my mom, she didn't make it to college, right? My dad went to the university. He couldn't finish, but then he moved to accounting. But I had also an uncle who actually did physics and another uncle who did architecture. So I believe that I always had like small inputs from different people in my environment who kind of showed me a little bit of the way to always do good in school. You know, also my granddad, he has an, he had a nice library where I was always reading stuff. And I remember kind of the very first things that I was excited about, about this atomic energy and just the name of that sound, sound cool, sounded cool to me. And I was like, wow, this thing of smashing atoms sounds very, very cool. And then I was just trying to track him back where was, why was that the case? And start reading about this Einstein's theory of relativity. I really didn't understand, but I feel attracted to that, right? And I, that's why I now understand how important it is to give our Latino students guidance, uh, role models, you know, for me kind of becoming a mentor with them, just to kind of give them an image and a role model that, you know, if I did it while I was born in Mexico and I made it all the way to get a research career, I think you can definitely do it, right? You have all the, you know, all the skills that you need to develop your career, so in that sense, I understand how important it is to have role models because I had input from professors and my parents and, and family. Having said that, I also faced some challenges, right, to kind of develop my academic career. And I guess one of the first things that I faced was that, I mean, definitely starting in a school in Chiapas is not the optimal way if you want to make like an international career in research. So already in Mexico, I tried to go to college to the National University where, you know, a lot of people dreams to study physics and I didn't pass the exam, right? So I sort of realized, okay, I'm not still at the level of being like able to be in the best university in Mexico. So I guess what happened there is that I learned that, you know, sometimes you can get to your goals little step by little step, right? Sometimes you want to really achieve big, big dreams and go to the big goals and I mean, if you can do that, that's amazing and that's very important. But I guess I learned from myself that, you know, I think sometimes I prefer to go step by step. So I went to another university in Mexico that was also excellent. And, you know, it turned out to be an excellent uh, experience for me. A lot of friends, very good uh, academic level. And, you know, I just realized a lot of things that I was dreaming about, like learning physics and math. But just, I mean, I really feel satisfied with what, with, with what I was achieving. And then also, for example, when I finished my undergrad, I already had the dream to go to a PhD school. I did some applications and I couldn't get it, right? I couldn't get to go to a good university in the United States. 
So again, I took a small step, which was I did a master, I did a master's, and I went to Europe because over there it was easier for me to have financial support. And you know, I ended up being in Sweden, and that's where I started doing nanotechnology. And then from the master's, then I went to a PhD in Europe. And then from the PhD in Europe, I finally landed in to do a postdoc at Berkeley in a very big, big and good university. So what I think, just I've seen many colleagues really saying, you know, in the United States, yeah, I did my undergrad in this school and then I went to a PhD in Berkeley, in Harvard, you know, in, in, uh, in Stanford. That was never a possibility for me, but I still feel proud because I think I'd really achieved big things. I eventually get to Berkeley. I would say just a step by step, right? Sometimes... You know, it's not so wise to make a big, big jump because you might not get it there and you can fall very hard, right? So my approach has been like, like you know, take safe, safe steps little by little. So that's one, definitely one of the challenges that, that I had that I started from kind of like a, a difficult place to start with, but I eventually made it, right? And having said that, I also want to say what was another challenge for me that I want to especially share with the Latinx community which is that you have to be ready to fail. You have to be ready to know that sometimes you won't get the opportunity that you were dreaming of, that you perhaps won't be able to get into that school, that perhaps you won't be able to get into that program or work, or work with a certain professor. In my case, for example, I told you at the beginning, I wanted to go to the best university in Mexico. It didn't work for me. I felt, I felt definitely sad about it. I felt disappointed. However, the second school that I went to it was an amazing experience. I have, I mean, I, I met some of the best friends of my life. I did a lot of soccer. I remember that I was buried at soccer that I thought. And, you know, right now, I don't really care if I didn't get to the first university that I wanted because the second experience was amazing. Then also, I told you I, went to, I wanted to go for a master's, you know, as an intermediate step, as a middle step before going to a PhD. I wanted to go to, I actually wanted to go to Canada to do electrical engineering. But I wasn't accepted for that. So my second choice was going to Sweden. And even though at that time I wasn't really excited, when I went to Sweden, it was, again, a life-changing experience. In Sweden, they offered me a scholarship. And also in Sweden, that's when I heard about nanotechnology. Many students asked me, why did you want to do nanotechnology? Actually, it wasn't my dream. I didn't know about nanotechnology back in 2000. But this opportunity in Sweden, they were starting with nanotechnology and they invited me to that program. And that's I, I started to know what was nanotechnology. I love it. And I took the opportunity. So again, this my life has been always about the second opportunities, the second chances. These second chances have been greater for me than my first goals, I would say. The same with my, with my postdoc. I, well, I guess now a lot of people will know, right? I went to Berkeley trying to do chemistry of some type of nanostructures, and my background was in physics. So when I went to Berkeley, I mean, and I wanted to do research in chemistry, I wasn't up to the game because it wasn't really my background. It was a little bit of my dream to do chemistry in some nanostructures. That's what I always wanted to to do. So I thought, finally, I'm going to do it in, in Berkeley. It didn't really work, but you know what? I think I had the courage to kind of accept and also because of my friends and my mentors who told me, you know, the fact that you cannot, that you haven't been able to, that you were not successful in this program, it doesn't mean that you're not capable. It just shows that perhaps that's not your route. So in Berkeley, 
I had a chance to move years to go to the physics department where I had experience. And that's where I got the opportunity to work with graphene, which at that time was a material that was really taking off. And I did, I learned a lot about graphene and that was really kind of put me in a strong position to get a faculty position. So for me, these second opportunities have been amazing, right? And I'm not saying that is you shouldn't go for your first goals, right? I mean, you need these dreams, you need your goals to move forward, right? You need that energy, that motivation to move you forward and to go for your goals. And, you know, if you get into the school that you want, if you get into the program that you want, that's perfect. You know, that's, I mean, when you feel, when you get that, it's an amazing uh, feeling, right? But if that door doesn't open to you, look on their side and believe me, life is always going to put you amazing opportunities in your life. That has been the case for me. And I guess the way I think now about it is like, you know, life is always full of surprises, right? And so I think sometimes the best things that happen in life are those things that you didn't plan, right? If, if you go on holidays and you made your plan, your itinerary, if everything goes the way you want, it, and it, it might end up being a little bit boring in that sense. But I think when, you know, when you have a surprise, when you have something that you didn't expect, when you went to a place that you didn't know about it and you find that it's beautiful, you're like, wow, that was the best experience of my holidays, right? So I I want to just share that message, you know, like especially for uh, our Latino community, it's going to be tough. Perhaps you won't always get into the school that you want, but that shouldn't stop you from moving forward, from taking alternative paths. Your life is going to, I mean, if you work hard, if you always bring a good attitude, life will compensate for those uh, efforts that you that you take, and I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna move your life forward, and you're gonna, of course, make your family proud of what you have achieved. So that's definitely about what I want to say about the challenges and what has uh, inspired me. Now, uh, a little bit about like what advice can I give uh, to myself? I would say always try to give the best attitude. You know, always things might be not the way that you want, but always. Try to put a positive attitude. Now, I also want to talk to you a little bit about my research and my activities here at UCSD. So the nice thing about academy for me is that I kind of make the things that I love. One of them is, of course, teaching, interacting with the students, you know, always working with the students makes you feel like a little bit younger, I guess. So I always like to feel like that energy from the students. I can do research. I can bring my ideas and put them in action. Of course, that's also pretty nice. And what I can tell you a little bit is I have uh, a couple of projects. One of them is uh, related to trying to see what's going on in the brain without open your, opening your skull. I think that that's, that's a, a very nice uh, goal that I have. So as you may know, if you have any brain disease, for example, that's a, typically what people have to do is, you know, you have to open the skull and do surgery implants, stuff like that, that you definitely don't want to do because every brain surgery is a risk, right? So I guess most of you know that there is a beautiful tool to know what's going inside, what's going on inside your body, which is ultrasound, right? And well, you know, with an ultrasound, you can see, you know, especially for people, mothers who are pregnant, you know, you can see how your baby doing, right? So it's a beautiful tool. However, if you want to use ultrasound to see what's going on inside your brain, you hit a barrier and that barrier is the skull, right? The skull makes a very good, good work protecting your brain. 
So you can do uh, magnetic resonance imaging to see what's inside the brain, but that's a very expensive tool and you cannot really do surgery. So what we're trying to do is we are trying to do ultrasound, to do brain stimulation, to do uh, perhaps even uh, interventions in the brain, but in a way called uh, non-invasive. By non-invasive, what we mean is we don't want to open a hole in your skull. So to do that, we need to send acoustic waves into the skull. And to do that, we need to create acoustic metamaterials. And these are called negative materials that have opposite properties than what you would expect from natural properties. So for example, these metamaterials, they have negative mass, which sounds cool, but also weird, negative uh, elasticity. So it means that these materials sort of have different inertia. And the goal for these materials is basically to be able to see what's going on, what's going on inside your brain and perhaps do in brain intervention without opening your skull. The other thing that I also uh, love to do here at San Diego, and I really thank UCSD and all the people here, is for giving me the opportunity to give back to my community. And the way I do that is through, through service. So you see on my screen that I have these uh, symbols from the Mayans and the Aztecs. So somehow the way I connect with my community in California was through Aztec dance. When I was a kid in my high school, I did Aztec dance thinking that it was a show. When I came to California, I learned all the meaning that Aztec dance has for the people here. And that's how I got in touch with the community. And the community here in California has given me so much because I told you I'm from Mexico. So coming to California, I still felt like I was like a foreigner. But the Aztec, the people, the, especially the indigenous community from Mexico and Central America living in California, just welcomed me as a brother here. So what I try to do now is to give back. So thanks to the support of the University of California, I had the opportunity to start programs where we have worked with kids from indigenous communities from Mexico whose parents have brought them to California and show them that, you know, if you're good in math, if you're good in, you know, in school, you can also go to a four-year university college, right? And for me, it was always sad to see many of these kids asking them what you want to do in life, just kind of like not really having a good answer. So what we did is we brought them to Berkeley, we showed them the museums, we showed them the labs, and at least right now, these kids, they have kind of the opportunity to see what they can do beyond just, uh, you know, just going to, uh, to high school and then finding a job. Another thing that we also have done here, also here with the support with UC San Diego, is we are trying to help also, we try to help uh, kids whose parents have been deported, right? So, yeah, I mean, you can imagine that there are a lot of families here who have like a kind of not the best uh, uh, kind of like legal situation. So what I found is that there are a lot of people, a lot of students who live in Tijuana, but they are actually U.S. citizens and they cross the border every day to come to school in UC, sorry, to come to school in San Diego, because they have the dream to go to college in California, right? They have all the right. They are American citizens, but sometimes because of the situation of the parents, they are forced to go back to Mexico or to Central America with their parents. And at least many of them, for example, they install in Tijuana because that was allows them to cross the border every day. So this is a tough uh, project because now the situation at the border has gotten very complicated. But that's also some of the work that we have done here in collaboration, also, for example, in the past with Border Angels. Right now, uh, we are starting also a new project called uh, uh, Research Paths for Latinx Students. So we are aware that 
a lot of our Latinx students, a lot of Hispanic students, they don't have that much research experience where they when they finish high school or when they finish uh, uh, community college. So when they come to UCSD, they are not fully aware about all the research opportunities that they may have hit at UCSD. So what we're trying to start is now a program where we show them, you know, how can you get into research lab? Summer research opportunities, you know, academic achievement programs, and also kind of mentor them and tell them, you know, these are the kind of strategies that you may use to get into research programs. And uh, a final word that I want to say also for the parents of our students is that, you know, the, the students, they need the support of the parents, right? Family is very important. Community is very important, right? So we may have a student uh, at here at UCSD, but if this student doesn't feel the support from his family, or from her family, or from his community or her community, he may feel that, you know, he's not fully kind of like enjoying things because his family or his community is behind. So what we need to do is to also support our students here at UCSD, you know, share with them the pride of being at UCSD, share with them the ambition of finishing college and eventually do research, right? So the role of the parents and the community is very important for our students to make them feel that they are doing something good for the community. So that's, I think we need to have our students feeling like that they are complete. And I think for the Hispanic students, you don't feel complete just on your own, right? You need to know that you're doing something with your community and your family. So that's the message that I want to uh, share with you. And I think, again, to UC, to the UC system, to UC San Diego, and to all the community here at UC San Diego.